Florida man been up to this week? Is this what they were hiding in the Hidden Valley? Scientists are sucking CO2 out of the air, but how? Get the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story this week is Bear News. This is from smithsonianmag.com, I guess the official magazine of the Smithsonian, Uh, but online. Uh, And the headline (laughs) is, Researchers Examine 3,500-Year-Old Brown Bear Preserved in Siberian Permafrost. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. Cold, old bear. Um, Cold, cold bear. Cold, old, cold bear. Uh, So this... (laughs) This old bear, Coldy. That's his new nickname. <laughs> that's what we're calling him. So Old Coldy uh, was found two and a half years ago by reindeer hunters. Um, so they discovered this perfectly preserved bear carcass, which was frozen for millennia in the Siberian permafrost. Uh, it was found on an Arctic island north of mainland Russia, and it had its fur, skin, claws, teeth, body fat, and internal organs all still intact, which is very rare. Um, usually for something this old, they would only find the bones. Um, and that, yeah, apparently when they first found this bear, they thought it was a species that's extinct called a cave bear. Um, kind of a generic name. Uh, and they thought that it was alive during the last ice age, uh, between 22,000 and 39,500 years ago. But, uh, after they conducted some radiocarbon dating and genetic studies, they say uh, now that the animal is just a brown bear, the same kind that we have around now, and it's about 3,460 years old. So not quite okay. as exciting, but still pretty exciting in that it is very uncommon and rare for something like this to happen. Yeah, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, the bear carcass prov- uh, provides scientists with an unprecedented opportunity um, and the researchers recently completed what they called an, a necrops, a necropsy, um, which is, they just said is an animal autopsy. And I don't know why it gets its own word. What? That why? Yeah. Why isn't it just an autopsy? It's yeah. I don't, I don't know why humans for isn't, humans, it's an autopsy. <laughs> isn't necro like death? death? Isn't that what that means? Like, <laughs> it's just death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if like autopsy is because like we're dissect we're like doing it on our own species. Like auto that is could like be. sometimes sometimes refers to like <laughs> self. I was thinking like autobiography. It's like, oh yeah. When I read a if you autopsy yourself, then it's an autopsy. But then Obviously, like, that a biography sense, but... can also just be about another person. I don't know. <laughs> this is very confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Necro- um, anyway, necropsy. it's called a necropsy. Okay. And that had fewer syllables when I read it out loud than I expected when I just read <laughs> it to myself. Uh, so uh, they were able to determine that this female bear was roughly two to three years old when it died. Uh, it stood 5.1 feet tall and weighed around 172 pounds. Um, they don't know exactly why it died, but they did find evidence of spinal column injuries. So it's possible that it 
uh, wasn't of natural causes, um, though it also maybe it could have just gotten injured and oh. that wasn't the cause of his death. We don't know. Um, so I guess yeah. it wouldn't be a very successful necropsy if the point was to identify how it died. Yeah, um, we did a necropsy. We didn't find anything. We didn't find, oh, okay. we didn't find anything. Um, <laughs> well, they did, what they did find was what the bear uh, uh, last ate, apparently, because the permafrost had even pers- partially preserved what was in its stomach, which okay. is super, which is super weird. Um, inside, they found the remnants of unidentified plants and bird feathers. So it ate. I don't know, a bush and a bird. <laughs> a bird it and, ate a bird, bird in, in a bush. A bird in a bush is a bird in a bush. one in the stomach of a bear. <laughs> <laughs> new sayings. Yeah, new um, sayings. Yeah, okay. Interesting, interesting. Um, so are they going to put this bear in like a like a museum or something? Um, they didn't say that in the article and it'd be kind I don't know if it would be a very good museum exhibit because they also apparently like cut open its skull to get its brain out and like we're looking at all of its organs. So I don't think it's probably in like a good state to show off in a, at least like a family friendly museum. <laughs> okay. They may have destroyed the bear. Um, yeah. That's unfortunate. It's, it's, yeah. It's, I I don't know what kind of shape it's in, but uh, I don't know if it would be good. <laughs> they put it on display and they just accidentally end up like terrifying a bunch of children. Yeah. Just a little light trauma for the visitors to that museum. <laughs> okay. My first story this week is Florida news. This is from CBS News Miami. And the headline is, Florida man attacked by alligator after hearing noise opening front door. Very unexpected. This is why I don't open my front door. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't, if somebody knocks, too bad. (laughs) You just, you never know, you never know. Leave a voicemail. Um, Leave a a voicemail at the door, please. (laughs) Um, By the way, the the guy is fine. He's okay. So before I get into this. That's good, so we can laugh. We can let, yeah, we're, it's okay to laugh about it. Uh, so Daytona Beach police, police officers responded to a home last weekend after being notified about an alligator attack. According to police, officers were called to the home after a resident was bitten by a gator. Police say the resident opened his front door after hearing a noise that he thought was someone looking for his son. After opening the door, the gator lunged at him and bit his leg. And, like, the light wasn't on, so at first... The guy thought it was a dog, maybe, because it was just so, like, unexpected. And then he realized it was an alligator. (laughs) And luckily, like, it let go. And then he just... It's a weird dog. (laughs) Retreated back into the house and closed the door and called people. But um, this is a quote from the man who was bitten. Went outside and didn't turn the light on and just got to step outside and something grabbed me on the leg. Started shaking. This has been a quote from, <laughs> as, from yeah, Florida as somebody man. as somebody who was born in Florida, uh, I can confirm that's how every person in Florida talks. <laughs> so that's a that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the family uh, told officials apparently that they had seen alligators in a pond near their house before, but it had never never on their front step. We'll just say that. I, um, <laughs> First time for everything. Yeah. And 
apparently the alligator was close to nine feet long, so it was pretty big. Oh, wow. And the Florida Fish and Wildlife um, was called. They collected it, and the man was taken to the, uh, the hospital where he got surgery, and he's in recovery. He's doing fine now. So well, that's good. just a wild, crazy story. Yeah. Yeah, those – you got to watch out for those gators. Yeah. You never know where they're hiding. This is also a good reason to have a front door camera because yeah. you can just be like, <laughs> yes. No, somebody's here. It's up. Nope, it's a gator again. I'm. Oh, it's. I think I'll stay yep. inside. Thank you. It's <laughs> a, a ma- dangerous leave a animal. <laughs> leave a voicemail. <laughs> I'm now just imagining you putting up a sign on your front door that just says "Leave a voicemail." <laughs> People just walk away confused. Like so confused. <laughs> yeah, sounds perfect, actually. <laughs> My next story is ranch news. This is from foodandwine.com. And the headline is, Van Leeuwen launched a Hidden Valley ranch ice cream, and we got a first taste. Van Leeuwen's at it again. Van Leeuwen is back. Van Leeuwen. It just spells so weird. We should probably figure out how to actually pronounce it eventually. Like, it's probably just Van... It's probably just Van Leeuwen, but it's more fun to say Van Leeuwen. Um, (laughs) Also, I should clarify that foodandwine.com got a first taste. We did not, and I don't know if I want one. Um, So... Van Leeuwen is uh, well-known for their quality ice cream and some seriously out-there flavors. Um, that's their editorializing. Uh, after, <laughs> after all, this is the brand that brought the world Grey Poupon ice cream, uh, as well as the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese ice cream, which Alex and I tried once. We did. And then I tried several more times after that. Uh, and it was still bad, but I still Wait. ate it. We decided it wasn't good, and then Anthony went home and still ate all of it, and mm-hmm. I was surprised. And I did have I was two about... pints worth of it, so. Yeah. I was about to say impressed, and then I was like, actually, I was just surprised. I don't know. Impressed isn't the right word. That's Yeah. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're back, and this time it's with everyone's favorite salad dressing, ranch. Um. Which again, this is food and wine's take. Uh, I, it's my favorite salad ranching is probably like I don't know, like a ginger or something or other, um, which okay might make a better ice cream, honestly. But anyway, actually, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> on Thursday, uh, the brand announced seven new spring flavors, which are set to be exclusively sold at Walmart uh, nationwide, and one of them is Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream, which is what we're here to talk about. Um, And how gross that sounds. I have mixed feelings about it, but they mostly are on the negative side. I will say that up front. I will say that, yeah, I am mixed leaning negative as well. Um, It's the kind of thing where, like, if I came across a pint of this ice cream and it was just there, and I was like, well, I guess I'll try this. But I am not going to go out of my way. (laughs) Um, If you come across... A pint of ice cream on the sidewalk when you're out yeah. for a walk, you know that, like you do. Like you um, do, yeah. That is when you would maybe try it, but otherwise, no. No. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If I encounter it in the wild, 
a wild Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream appeared. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so the editors at Food and Wine got an early taste of the new ranch flavor, and the feelings in the office were mixed. Um, reactions ranged from it's very garlic powder forward to it tastes like sweet ranch to I only wish I had french fries to pair it with uh, to no. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I It just doesn't sound very good to me. <laughs> okay, actually the french fries... Idea is not a bad idea. It's not a bad. It's not a bad idea. I will. I'll grant. Grant. That I could that. That see that like, being good. That seems like a better way to consume it than just like the ice cream by itself. It yes. needs. It needs a pairing. I mean, yeah, it's a condiment. Yeah, so. because it's a condiment. Like, yeah. Okay. At least with the mac and cheese ice cream, like mac and cheese is something that is normally just eaten by itself. Like ranch dressing, you don't just eat spoonfuls of ranch dressing normally i hope not do wait do you think people eat spoonfuls of ranch dressing people probably eat spoonfuls of everything so i don't know yeah you're probably right (laughs) it's probably just i don't know i don't i personally do not eat spoonfuls of condiments not even ketchup and i love ketchup. if any of our listeners eat spoonfuls of ranch um please don't tell us i don't want to know don't (laughs) i don't i'm interested you can tell me you can tell alex but not me (laughs) I would find that interesting. I would want to know, <laughs> when did you start eating ranch on its own? What inspired you to eat ranch by itself? <laughs> sounds like a real weird therapy session. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so, in addition to the ranch ice cream, um, the other flavors in their full spring lineup which like all sound better uh include sweet maple cornbread uh Ooh. blood orange chocolate chip Ooh. uh carrot cake which nice. that sounds really good uh strawberry shortcake honey graham cracker and limoncello cake Ooh. so all of those yes. sound like much better ice cream flavors to me um those and, yeah, all they sound said, delicious they said all of them will be available nationwide for four ninety eight a pint. I assume they didn't say. <laughs> uh, oh, just four ninety eight for whatever. Pay what you want per for, ounce. Yeah. Um, however, like many of its products, these are a limited release, and they will only be available from March twentieth through May twenty eighth. So, still a pretty wide window, but only really yeah. for the spring. Uh, so, if you want this for some reason, uh, it will be available at your local Walmart. Uh, in a couple weeks. So go get it. <laughs> go get it if you want it. And if you try it, you can let, at least me, you can let me know. If you try this ice cream and it's good. If you tried the I ice cream, know. I would be interested in how, how it, how it was. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> okay. I just like, it's just like the, the actual ranch, uh, just eating ranch by itself. Yeah. That just sounds nasty. We're probably not going to try it on the show, but. Oh, mm-hmm. nope. My next story is carbon dioxide news. Okay, this is from the BBC.com, and the headline is Climate Change, New Idea for Sucking Up CO2 from Air Shows Promise. Oh, good. 
We need to do this. <laughs> yes, we do. A new way of sucking carbon dioxide, or CO2, from the air using a type of new hybrid material has been outlined by scientists, according to research published in the journal Science Advances. Yay. The authors say that... <laughs> We're laughing because I did a, a hand motion <laughs> when I said the name of the journal. Um, but the listeners, sorry, you can't see that. Uh, <laughs> Um, so the authors say that this novel approach captures CO2 from the atmosphere up to three times more efficiently than current methods. While the world has struggled to limit and reduce emissions of carbon dioxide in recent decades, several companies have instead focused on developing technology to remove it from the atmosphere after it's already in there. Climeworks mm-hmm. in Switzerland is perhaps the best known. Over the past 10 years, it has developed machines to suck in the air from the atmosphere that f- filter and trap the carbon dioxide molecules. That is a weirdly worded sentence. It developed machines <laughs> that can filter the air. Um, at, a, <laughs> at a plant in Iceland, the captured CO2 is injected deep underground where it is permanently turned into stone. Um, we actually talked about this company on our podcast a while ago. I looked it up. Oh. In episode 177, we talked about this. Whoa. <laughs> that was a while ago. Yep. Yep. So they're still that company is still working. They're still doing this, so that's good. Um, so one, uh, this is just kind of more background on this problem. One problem for most current approaches for air capture is the cost. Like they're not very efficient. Um, CO two is relatively diluted in the atmosphere at around four hundred parts per million in the air. So you basically need really big machines and a lot of energy to absorb and discharge it. Mm-hmm. because of that. Um, so this new approach uses off-the-shelf resins and other chemicals, uh, pr- promises greater efficiency and lower cost, according to the researchers, and in tests, the this new... They made, like, a new material, some type of hybrid, hybrid material. The article did not say, like, exactly what it was. It might actually be, like, a proprietary thing, because I think these yeah. people might want to start a company with this, but they made <laughs> yeah. this material that's able to t- um, absorb three times as much CO2 as other known substances that do this. Um, further, this is the part that I found particularly interesting. The authors of the paper suggest that the CO2 can be further processed and turned into bicarbonate soda, like baking soda. What? And then they suggest storing it in seawater. not sure why that part is there, but that's what they propose. Do- like they didn't do this in their research yet, but they said that they can. They can turn it into baking soda and then, like, and put it. Then put the baking soda in the water. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what they're saying to do, which I don't really understand uh, that This bread part. is salty. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I would have laughed so hard if it was, like, turn it into baking soda and, like, sell it as just, like, baking like, <laughs> Yeah. Just, just get Arm um, & Hammer in there. Yeah, can they just partner with Arm & Hammer and then this is, like, how they make baking soda? It's just, like, atmospheric CO2. Just pulling baking soda out of the air. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I thought this was cool. I wish I knew exactly how the material was made, but, you know, they didn't really publish that, which is okay. I get it. Yeah, no, if they want to sell it, then that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. 
If you want to share a story with us about seawater baking soda or anything else, <laughs> you, can, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.